0: Jewish Latin Princess, Episode 47, Jamie Geller, the Queen of Kosher.
1: You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Ya'el. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Ya'el herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. She went from the bride who knew nothing to becoming
0: the queen of kosher. Ladies, I have royalty on the show. This is Jewish Latin princess after all, right? I have Jamie Geller today. And you know Jamie, right? If you don't, you will soon. And if you already knew Jamie, you will love her even more. We all love Jamie Geller, particularly because she's real about the kitchen Yeah, you know that place, ladies, where you have to go make meals, where you often hear, what's for dinner, and where you wonder... Didn't I just feed them a few hours ago? Do they really need to eat again? You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Trush, your host. So happy and excited to bring you this interview. Jamie is the author of three cookbooks and award-winning magazine, The Joy of Kosher by Jamie Geller. She's the creator of JamieGeller.com, host of the Hanukkah cooking special with Jamie Geller on PBS and Create TV. And Jamie's signature style is fresh, family-friendly recipes that can get you in and out of the kitchen fast. And that, ladies, is what I'm all about. Just to brag a little bit more about Jamie, she is a regular on the Today Show and has appeared on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Martha Stewart Living Radio and has been featured in Forbes, Family Circle, Cosmopolitan, and the Chicago Tribune, among many other media outlets. What does Jamie To what does Jamie attribute her huge success? How does this busy mother of six do it all? How did the transformation from the bride who knew nothing to the queen of kosher actually occur? We talk about Jamie's new initiative, Us, cooking with your kids. Why is it important? And if you've ever felt like making Shabbat is daunting, overwhelming, here's Jamie's tips. What about kosher? What does Jamie advise women who might be on the fence about keeping kosher? This and so much more with the delightful and smart Jamie Geller. And stay tuned till the end because we have a great offer for you from Jamie and FreshFamilies.us. You can get $5 off your the three-month plan at FreshFamilies.us. Seriously, ladies, if you've been thinking about shifting to healthier cooking, that is family-friendly menus you can make with, with limited time and under 10 ingredients... This is your chance to jump in. Here we go, ladies. Here's Jamie Geller. Jamie Geller, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm so excited to have you on the show. It's my pleasure. I love to be in the company
2: of royalty. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's a first! I love that. <laughs> my oh, Tommy is an old joke. I'm so glad I was the first. No, no, a first for me. Um, my eight year old daughter, by the way, has been talking about this interview for weeks. She's a big fan. We all are, but she spends hours looking through your books and seeing what she could try. And you know t- today's Thursday here in in Houston, so this afternoon she'll probably bake your chocolate chip cookies. And so you know you're a big you're a big person in our household. <laughs> oh, thank you so much! Give her a massive hug for me. Uh, I will. She'll be so thrilled. Jamie. You started as the bride who knew nothing in the kitchen, and now you've become the queen of kosher. You're the CEO of Kosher Network International. You're the creative force behind joyofkosher.com, now jamiegeller.com, and of course, the award-winning magazine, which we love, Joy of Kosher with Jamie Geller, author of three books. I mean... A lot, a lot has happened since those early days, which, by the way, weren't that long ago. I mean, what are we talking about? A span of like 10 years? What is it? That's
2: exactly it. I got married 13
0: years ago, and the first book came out 10 years ago, so you're, you're right You hit the nail on the head. Wow, that's, that's what I figured. Okay, so take us back in time. Take us to those days when you were the bride who knew nothing, and walk us through the transformation that happened.
2: Oh, my gosh. I was clueless and scared and really came to my marriage as such an accomplished woman in every other field Mm -hmm. (laughs) outside of making dinner. You know, I was an award-winning producer at the time at HBO. I um, had been living in Manhattan on my own for a few years after graduating NYU, but I used my oven for storage. (laughs) So when husband said, what's for dinner? I was like, I don't know. You tell me, like. What do you mean, Western dinner? And it was such in like, on-the-job training. <laughs> really, really. Um, I have no official culinary training. I certainly – people like to call celebrity chef because so that's, like, a very common term used today. But I really wasn't trained as a chef. I'm just a woman who got married and had to feed her husband and then his growing family for holidays and then my kids and on and on the list goes. So uh, I really learned through trial and error and trial and error, and that was the beginning of my career.
0: Did you enjoy the process of the trial and error? Because I know, you know, you discovered a talent, but some of us, you know, like I'm fairly talented in the kitchen, but I don't necessarily love being there. Like I want to go in and out as fast as I can. I have other things to do, and I think you're a little bit the same way, but When did it happen that you realized, I'm kind of enjoying this so much so that I want to make it, you know, my way of life, my business, so on? It never really happened. I mean,
2: again, you're like, you're totally hit the nail on the head. You just pulled a quote from the back of my book. I feel like I'm the only cookbook author that wants to get you out of the kitchen fast. That's my goal. I did not like the trial and error because certainly somebody who is, Consider themselves successful before never likes to fail over and over and over again, and it can be quite embarrassing if you work, you know, like really hard, and then you're serving your husband something that he's like, you know, smiling through while he's gulping down. It's, you know, it definitely wasn't fun the process. And I never had an affinity for the kitchen. It was not something I love. It's not something. It's not where I am my most creative. But I love feeding my family and I love entertaining and I love what it means to sit around the family table, the holiday table, the dinner table and so I love the idea of contributing to that but the actual process of getting food out, it's not like this creative, incredible joy of mine to be in the kitchen. It really, even to this day, and that's why all of my recipes are fast and simple and quick and easy. And I say, even now, 10 years later, I need them to be faster because I have less time. Thank God my family's grown and my, my career and the business has grown. And so I very, very much make sure to keep to very few ingredients and very, very few pieces of equipment, if any at all, and as quick as possible.
0: So I love what you said, because it's, you brought us to the end product that you appreciate the, what you're bringing to your family, to your friends the enjoyment the pleasure of being together. That's what gives you joy. And so, um, focusing on that end goal, that's the driving force for, you know, what happens behind the scenes and, you know, let's make it as efficient as possible because really I know what I'm going to be able to achieve and enjoy.
2: Yes. Yes, and like, I think we're, as a society, I feel like on one hand, we're so open minded and so liberal, on the other hand, I feel like we're so judgmental. Oh, yes. And I don't want anyone to feel like if they don't love the kitchen or if they don't love this process, they're not an amazing wife, an amazing mother, an amazing homemaker, whether it's a full time job or not. And so I figured that you could find the places that bring you joy. And then the other things are means to an end, yes. you know, and that's it. And I've certainly incorporated my kids love to be in the kitchen and they love cooking with me and I love cooking with them. It makes my time in the kitchen so much more fun. So I've taken joy and fulfillment from different aspects of it, being together with the family in the kitchen, you know, planning the menus together, then enjoying them at the table together. Those are, that's really my love.
0: I, I, I love it. What, Jamie, you were like you said you were very accomplished in your career. You were an t- award-winning TV producer, a marketing executive for HBO, for CNN, for the Food Network. Do you think that career in media has um, has helped with the fast growth of your brand and the exposure you've received? Are there other, also could are there other factors that you attribute to your success? Jamie. So I lost. Oh, I lost yeah, it. we broke up
2: there. can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, great. So first of all, I attribute all my success to the one above, to God. I mean, we are doing our work here, and we have to make whatever efforts we can in this world. But really, the blessings and um, the mazel, we call it—you know—the luck of everything—it really comes from above. So that's first and foremost. I don't want to take any credit for the success. Do I feel like my experiences helped me very much and my, my skills in marketing and producing and media and television without questions? That was the easier thing to parlay, you know, than the cooking part of it. So I think very, very much so. But at the same time, and they still serve me well to this day, but at the same time, the media landscape has changed so much. And like, you know, when I started to get, it was involved in media, like blogs were just starting to hit. You know, it's the beginning of WordPress. Like, Social media was like in it its infancy stages, you know, Facebook was just at the beginning, like on college campuses. And so I think that while it has to be around certain core base principles of it, and that's certainly the discipline of having worked in corporate America and being very driven and understanding what it takes to to create a business, but the media landscape and what's going on social media, I mean, that's just something, again, I feel like we're all learning
0: on the job all over again. All over again. Jamie, the trend has, um, we've moved towards a healthy, healthy food trend. Um, and I know when I, be, when I started dabbling into the more observant world, when I was becoming religious, You know, I remember noticing that some of the recipes a lot of the time were not, you know, all that healthy. There was a lot of heavy foods, a lot of sugar, a lot of heavy dressings in the salads, even. And the trend is shifting mainstream for the general population for sure. And even in the observant homes and the coach, you know, in the kosher world, let's just call it, people are really noticing the importance of mindful eating, of healthier choices. And you're becoming part of that trend. So tell us about your new initiative, Fresh Families.
2: Sure, I mean, again, it's trending worldwide and even within the different niche communities and the ethnic communities and ours included, mm-hmm. you know, the Jewish Orthodox community. And it's thrilling because it used to be, I felt, that the Orthodox Jewish community, when it came to food, was always like 10 years behind. You know, like kosher sushi hit 10 years after like the rest of the world had been enjoying sushi. Now, everything is much more fast-paced, and we're very in line with the trends, and healthy eating and healthy living and mindful living Mm -hmm. is just, it's the number one trend already for the last few years, and certainly in 2018, and we really took it to the next level to make sure that we're including the whole family, because I feel like we live in a very self-help society, and it's very much... I, me, and what can I do for myself and to improve my my, my personal self and growth? Well, oh, that's all amazing. Um, you know, speaking to women here, we're all mothers of families, and it's great to model great behavior, but you need to instill it from a very young age and to have a program fresh families that thinks about the entire family. Mm-hmm. And you know, how many times do I want to go on a cleanse or do I want to do a detox? And you know, I'm going to be feeding my family one thing, and I'm going to be doing this crazy, weird juicing cleanse thing for myself. So Fresh Families even starts with a 14-day fresh restart that's a family-friendly cleanse. And we do all of these activities to get the kids involved, where we're actually going on a scavenger hunt and getting rid of the processed foods, the sugars, that if you can't read it, don't eat it, all the things, the ingredients that you can't pronounce. You know, my kids were just looking at a box of candy. It was called, fruit was in the first, you know, word, <laughs> they said, oh my gosh is this going to be made with fruit and I said no it's made with a bunch of numbers and letters you know so like it's really getting them aware of ingredients and labeling and understanding and then getting them menu planning with you and cooking in the kitchen and all the recipes on this meal plan are family friendly meatloaf mac and cheese chicken nuggets burrito night taco night pizza night calzones fish sticks chicken nuggets veggie burgers all of the things that we're used to buying, processed, and pulling out of the off of the shelf in the supermarket, and then out of our freezer, we're showing you how to make it, but easy. Your life is easy. You have shopping lists. You have all the menus planned. All the recipes are ten ingredients or less, and often much less. So
0: that's the idea. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm a fan already. This is exactly this is exactly. Yes. Huh? So join the family. <laughs> I'm gonna have to talk to me about cooking with your kids or allowing your kids to cook I know you're a big proponent of that and I am too uh, many mothers are hesitant maybe because of safety maybe because of a the mess they anticipate huh. um, tell us some of the pros and, and why we should be engaging with our kids more in the kitchen
2: I don't want to negate the fact that the mess can be overwhelming. I always say the first few times, and it might be for the first few years, that you have to do it when you're relaxed, when you're prepared to, you know, have a larger mess, when you understand that things might take twice as long. But it's one step back for many a giant step forward Mm -hmm. because bringing the kids into the kitchen does so much on so many levels. Social, uh, intellectual, academic, Creative. So first and foremost, a reading exercise, a math exercise, when you're looking at fractions, when you're looking, we often are having company. We have to double the recipe. We want to three times the recipe. So what does that mean? There's a job for everyone in the kitchen at their age. You know, I have the younger kids. They help me shop. They help me unload the groceries. They help me put them away. And sometimes they help me mix, you know, the stuff where they like to get their hands dirty, where the other kids can operate, let's say, the food process, the older kids, the food processor, or I have some kids that are already learning knife skills, something you can teach them at a very young age. And there are so many studies that show the kids that are involved in both menu planning and cooking have a greater affinity for fruits and vegetables and have developed poor, healthier eating habits from a younger age. Yeah. um, Tamara Ganger, who's a dietician and she's a master's in health studies who's developed all the recipes with me on this plan they all have a full nutritional breakdown she started her career working in a hospital you know helping people with their dietary needs and it was very difficult for her because she helped, found that oftentimes it was too little too late and so we've now focused on the next generation and on families and on kids where you can instill these habits so that she doesn't have to meet them in the hospital later years in their life trying to break lifelong bad habits
0: yeah that is it's so important i've also heard that it helps even with your pickiest eaters when you get them involved in the process of meal making and meal planning and choosing different things they actually become interested in trying new things because they were involved in the process so um i've I've heard that's another plus
2: Absolutely. That's absolutely the number one antidote for picky eaters. The number one. There's also a sense of confidence when the kids make something and have it makes their time more fun. They feel so proud of their accomplishment and as you said, they're more willing to eat it and to try new things and each one wants to contribute to the family dinner table or to the holiday meals. so it's confidence and some of them will find that cooking is a wonderful creative outlet for them even if it wasn't for me it can be for them and so you know it's often people's creative outlet or their form of art or expression so if you can cultivate that in a child how wonderful
0: yeah it is wonderful that's that's exactly what it is for my 8 year old it's not my creative outlet but it's hers (laughs) but they feel so proud when they could tell the guests at the Shabbos table or we could tell them that you know they made the dessert or they created this salad I mean they feel amazing it's such a it, yeah it's such an ego boost and so much so
2: it's important from a young age that I'm having you know I have like Teens, tweens, you know, going on twenty, and they really, they really, really need that. It's so essential, and um, it's it's an incredible gift that we can nurture and that we can feed. Literally,
0: it's beautiful. So let's talk about Shabbos, Shabbat, because of course you're an observant Jewish woman. You've made Shabbat pretty much every week of your life for over a decade. I think many women love the idea of Shabbat. They've experienced it at at friends' houses, like say like your home or my home. But the idea of preparing a feast of Thanksgiving proportions every week stops them in their tracks. What would you say to that woman? So...
2: First and foremost, I say let's not overdo it. Part of our Fresh US and our healthy eating initiative is we are doing too much. Yes, we all liken it jokingly to a Thanksgiving feast, and often when you go somewhere, it feels like that, but it does not have to be that you know i always urge people you don't have to make two mains and four sides and three desserts you know so i just i think it's more important to think about focusing on the family and unplugging and connecting both spiritually and emotionally and giving that quality time that your family needs and again the food is just you're just setting the table for that experience so don't go crazy and be overwhelmed by that Second of all, we have on jaymiguel.com one-hour Shabbat menus to speak to just that issue. Mm. One hour start to finish. That includes the cooking time for the entire Shabbat meal. So please, you know, let that be your gateway into making Shabbat. And I think that people all see also women always feel it's all or nothing. I mean, I have the same feeling. And I'm obviously a big component of making challah. I love making challah while I'm not a big baker. That's the one thing that I do. But you don't have to. You can buy the challah. You can even buy the dessert. You know, do the little shortcut that you need to do to make sure that you make this a part of your life. Because you shouldn't let that overwhelm you and keep you from this experience that is essential to the family's health and happiness and emotional success
0: yes I've, I've often given that tip too you know focus on the one recipe that you love to make that you inherited from your mother and grandfather that you know it and then you know add on from the store it's also fine you know um, really? do what works for you take it in baby steps talk to us about Kosher food. Um, again, the trend is going mainstream, and you've talked about that before in the media. I mean, even in the non-Jewish world, um, people look to kosher food as something... Um, that has sort of "quote unquote" a stamp of approval, but for some people, <laughs> Jewish people, I think it remains something "quote unquote" that we don't do. That we, I would love to do, but my husband won't buy into it, or my kids won't buy into it. Something that is, gosh, so expensive. Or I've even heard, well, it's easy for you. You're in America. In my country, you know, it's not such good quality. It's really just, it's easy for the Americans or the Israelis. I hear all these hesitations how would you address those women who are on the fence or not even on the fence they're truly on the other side of the fence about kosher food
2: well I do think that obviously the Americans and those located in Israel I want to say that they have no excuse. <laughs> I, you know, we have also followers, whether they live in Egypt or Germany or South Africa, and they talk about, you know, the lack of variety. And they're still there, and they're still doing it, and they're still struggling, but that is definitely much more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. So I'll speak to the, those in the U.S. and Israel right now, and there's just no excuse. <laughs> Kosher is the number one label claim on products year after year after year. We know how hot and trending gluten-free is it's be gluten free in terms of new products that come out with the label claim of kosher so i think that it's really important to think about the fact that there are tremendous amount of products that are coming out that are very very high quality that are just as high quality if not more so than their non kosher counterparts and i think that it's like it's a very spiritual step it, it's something that again we talk about feeding the body and we have to feed the soul as well and I'm certainly living orthodox lifestyle and you know conforming to the standards of kosher the kosher dietary laws is something I very much advocate and I would say especially to those living in the US and Israel it's almost you almost can do it without trying so you know, 50 to 60 to 70% of the stores depending where you shop I'm not talking about the kosher groceries have kosher certification and it's it's a simple movement of choosing the product to the right versus the one to the left. And uh, I, think it, I think it's an incredible benefit in the long run because it leads to a kosher lifestyle, which is this lifestyle that focuses on families and holidays and Shabbat. And that's what it is. It's about the dietary laws that lead to a, a mindful way of living. That is the kosher lifestyle that is so, so hyper family focused and so beneficial.
0: Yeah, and I think everybody can appreciate that, but everybody in the world appreciates that, especially now with the intrusion of so much of technology and how that's taken um, a, so an invasive part of our family life. I think everybody could relate to that. So I, I, I love that angle. Yes. Um, not very long ago, you took, you made a one way ticket to Israel, um, a move that many of us dream of, but of course it's not always possible um, on a practical level. And I see that with the, with the quality of your work and the amount of work that you're putting out in the world, you you probably, when you made this move to Israel, you set up certain things in place in a way that, you know, would assure your success and in a way that it would actually make it, you made it and you were intentional about making it work for your family. So tell us what were those? What did you set up to make it a reality? Maybe help the person who sometimes thinks of making Elian doesn't even know. You know how could I make this work? And also, some t- a lot of times I hear people don't succeed, and you know they're back after a year or two. So, what are some tips you could give us?
2: Well, talking about I'll go backwards, about being back after a year or two. I think there's no question that you have to give Israel a three- to five-year chance. Mm -hmm. It is very hard. We're talking about moving to the other side of the world. It's a different life. It's a different culture. It's a different climate. It's a different language. It's a different mentality. And so there's no way. It wasn't really... The old college try. You didn't really give it a shot if you're back after a year or two. You have to persevere through those difficult times, those, those beginning changes. Those are, those are the growing pains. It's like the first few years of marriage are hard, the first few years of, of motherhood, but you would never dream of taking a step back. It's something that you really need to work through. And I think that you need to dedicate the time when you come to get it through. And then by the time you hit that three year, that five year mark, it's like you would never even dream of it. It's not even on the radar, but it's so easy in the beginning to think about running back just when the first thing goes wrong or when you, you hit the first difficulty. Mm-hmm. So that's like with anything in life. Um, now when it comes to what I've set up, as as much as technology is such a challenge for our society and our generation, it's a gift as well. Yes. And I really believe that it's because of technology that I was able to succeed with this move. And I think that so many people have American businesses or wherever in other places in the world, England, Australia, South Africa, and they commute or don't have to commute as much because of the opportunities that technology affords us. So that was very, very much um, a factor in, in our success. And then I think that also, as I said, it's not luck. It's the one above um, you know, God really helped us because I was concerned about making sure that I stayed on trend with what's happening in the culinary world in America. And I have an office there with just a few people, you know, to make sure that I wouldn't miss out on anything. They had their finger on the pulse of what's going on. And wouldn't you know, I made Aliyah about five years ago. In the last few years, modern Israeli cuisine has exploded as a trend, really not even kosher. <laughs> like... Worldwide, so I just happen to get to be at the forefront of that trend here and be talking about it and living it and sharing it, and it's been some of our most engaging content. uh, And not even by religious and not religious and Jewish and not Jewish. And so, again, I think that God blesses us when we take major steps in the right direction for the right reasons. The you know you make the hard. You can't have the blessing and then take the step because of course that's easy. You take that big step, you make that big leap, you do the hard part, and then you know the blessings God willing follow.
0: I love that. And yes, it was such ashka pratiz that you you were at the right place at the right time when you moved to Israel. You're right, it's right when this trend was exploding of israeli cuisine um I, I i love that i actually didn't realize until you connected those dots for me that's really from above it's beautiful jamie you have six kids, Kinanahara, you're running this um big empire you're keeping shabbos you're keeping yandav i assume you mentioned you do the shopping so by the way do you do did do, do, do you do you delegate that or you do it
2: No, I do delegate the shopping. Every once in a while, we do like a family shopping trip, but I do delegate. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I I can't imagine how you could do that. That's that's smart, ladies. Delegate the shopping if you can. So, but tell us, how is it all manageable? Break it down for us. How do you do it all?
2: It's really hard. Really, really, really hard. I'm just going to be real here.
0: Um and I often feel
2: like every mother in the world pulled in a million and one directions and that there's just not enough time. Mm-hmm. And I have that Jewish mother's guilt. It doesn't matter what generation you were born in, no matter how much self, you know, um, just growth and, and work you do, that Jewish mother's guilt is so hard to get rid of. And I just want to be real that it's hard. Um, the thing that I try to focus on very much that's been a bit of a solace for me, is quality over quantity. And so I try to do special time a few minutes each day, really at nighttime around bedtime with each of the kids. And that's been that's been a saving grace. Um, when I travel, I would try to always, before I leave, do a, a special trip to Yerushalayim. We usually go to the Kotel, to the Western Wall. Um, and then we do one when I get back as well. So we do special time individually and then special time as a family. And, uh, and then Shabbos is the savior. Like, without Shabbos, it just, I would not. I would not be able to. We live Shabbos to Shabbos as a family. Right. And now Fresh Families very much has been advocating, like, getting around the dinner table. So, no, I definitely with a bunch of kids and on different schedules, I'm not saying we all get around the dinner table together every night at the same time. But we make a point. Like, I didn't want it to be just Shabbos. I wanted to bring a bit of Shabbos into the world, you know, each, you know, throughout the week. And one of us is getting around that family dinner table. Totally. I leave my phone in the office. I don't look at it. And we just, you know, we talk and we go around the table. We ask everyone what the best part of their day was. And so those kinds of things, those quality moments, and I try to focus on that amongst the noise of the week.
0: Yeah. Do you cook every night, Jamie? How do you manage the cooking, like on a personal level? Right. No, not every night. I don't cook
2: every night. I often, I'm a big like double or triple. I find recipes that we love and that's one of the great things about Fresh Families with the menu planning that you can do that on the shopping list. And so I'll make like enough for leftovers or I'll recreate leftovers or, you know, I'll take, um, uh, you know, chicken that almost feels like dry up. or something. you can do with this. I'll make a pie out of it. But even I like to call leftovers as write-overs. You know, like, you won't even recognize that it's the same thing, it's the same dish, and, and like, everything is just, gets, it's like a new lease on life, you know, for the ingredients. Nice. And, um, and then for sure, we do easy dinners where sometimes it's just, you know, a bag of whole wheat pasta and, um, you know, some fresh sauce and, and, like, a fresh salad. So it's like, you know, we try, I try as
0: much as I can
2: to keep it, to be cooking regularly, but so it's not like it's every night from scratch.
0: Right, right. And I, I suppose you are, you have cleaning help at home, right? You don't have to take care of the, that show.
2: So I have one day a week a housekeeper who comes. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you, every Tuesday when I open the door and she's there, I have, you know, I'm so happy to see her. I love her. Um, and she does the heavy cleaning. So I'm very lucky that I don't have to be scrubbing the toilets kind of thing. But otherwise, we're really, really, really good about making sure that the house stays very neat throughout the week and everyone has a job and everyone's, everyone's stuff. One of the keys to that is everyone's stuff has to have a place. If you have nowhere to put it, then of course it's going to be everywhere. So everything has its place and we never, we always go to bed and the house looks nice and neat and clean.
0: Oh, I love that! Yes, I've had um, professional organizers on the show who've said that everything has to have a place, and I, I do that at home. Everybody knows where things go, and you don't have to think about it. They just they just know exactly where to put it, and also taking it out and putting it back. <laughs> like if you take out the cool. coffee, you put it back where it goes. You don't leave it on the counter. <laughs>
2: totally. I mean, just as an example of that. You know, I
0: we shop uh, I know we do not go to bed
2: shop at night until we're reset for lunch. I reset everything but the actual dishes. So what that means we change over the tablecloth, we put the flowers back on the table, we have uh, the, the floor is swept, the chairs are in, the, the throw pillows and the blankets on the couches, because it's all one big room in Israel. You have like this one massive room that's like your kitchen, living room, dining room, right. are all in their place, so that when you walk out Shabbos morning, it's like, Feel Shabbastic. You know, that's the idea. And that's the idea every morning when you wake up. You want to wake up with a smile. I open all of, you know, the windows and the, They have traceem in Israel, which are, like, very heavy blinds to make sure that the sun is streaming in. And every day, the day starts off right. So everything has to go back in its place at night.
0: (laughs) This is brilliant. I want to tell you, I don't know how I never noticed that. I mean, I make sure when I wake up every – like, I make sure I close my night. My kitchen is organized, and I wake up every morning in my house – is, you know, in order and, and I walk into a, a, a nice looking kitchen and not a mess from the night before, how come I did not apply that to Shabbos? This is, this is, Jamie, this is brilliant. <laughs> this
2: is crazy. It's
0: like, so I, I don't want to
2: take all the credit for it. That's my husband. Um, it was his idea. And I was always like, what? You're so tired. Let's go to sleep. I never, ever thought about it. And now I, we can't even, like, it's not even a thought. Like, no one everyone like, we hang around the table as long as humanly possible. And then when we're ready to just drop, we still can't drop. until so the whole family's into it. Like, so the whole place gets back, yeah. put back together.
0: <laughs> I love it because it really affects your Menoha Shabbos when you walk out Shabbos morning and everything's a mess and the throw pillows yeah. and the blankets when the kids were playing throughout the meal and the... The, totally. the crumbs of thala
2: are like dried and hard
0: on the table. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is starting tomorrow night. We're starting this new tradition of the Trush household. I really, really like. Great! It. You know, I'm so excited. But if, if they're going to complain a little in the beginning, no one complains now. Don't even like. Yeah. But don't don't blame me when they
2: complain. But like give us all the credit when, when you guys love what you're doing a year a year from now.
0: I will. I will definitely will. Jamie, is there? Um, I could see that you're a very, very practical, organized woman. Is there a spiritual habit that you have that um, helps you keep it all grounded, or helps you, you know, keep things in perspective and balanced?
2: I talk to Hashem. Mm-hmm. I talk to God, like, like really personally. Mm. Um, you know, formal prayer has always been something that's been a bit more difficult for me because I became religious later in life. So I didn't grow up with davening and praying every day. And that's something that is a goal of mine, certainly, and I try and I go through phases where I'm really, really great at it and then phases where I'm like running and suddenly the next thing I know I didn't do like, you know, my morning prayers like chakras, but um, so that's something that's a goal of mine that I want to work on. But the way that I've like found in between is just to really talk to Hashem really personally and really call out and and in my own words. And so that's been like a big thing for me. Uh and I have one Sahel and one psalm that I know by heart that I really connect with. Mm. And that's the thing that I'll just say when things are good, when things are bad, when I right before I send up a really important Client email, or you know, or just if I'm sitting here and I have to, you know, say a prayer for someone for their healing, for Rafawa Shalema, or just I need a minute, I didn't say anything yesterday, like you know, I just want to connect. And so, that this it's talking session, like in real words, like just really out there, like really personally in real words, like I'm having a conversation, like with my father, you know, he is our father in heaven. And then it's this one psalm that, and sometimes I'll say it over and over again if I have the opportunity, almost like I'm not a meditator, but like just just kind of like almost like a mantra just to get me into a good place so those are the two things certainly with the goal of having a formal prayer moment you know every morning
0: yeah yeah beautiful i, I could totally totally relate jamie you've had simchas recently related to women in your family i you had your daughter's bat mitzvah and you had your mother's wedding mazel tov Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful milestones, beautiful celebrations. Talk to me a little bit about the women in your family. Who in particular do you think of as a very strong, vivid role model in your life?
2: Uh, well I my mother. I mean, I think that you know, people can see that I talk about her all the time and I share things with her all the time. it was it's my mother and my grandmother who should rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And I'm always quoting them, um, because they ended up saying the same things. Now I'm ending up saying the same things and um you know, my grandmother was a survivor of the Holocaust of Auschwitz mm-hmm. and my mother I feel like is a life survivor. Thank God we've never had any sicknesses or illnesses to survive, but there's been a lot that she has gone through as an immigrant to this country, and um, I just, she's so eternally optimistic, wow. so positive, and someone just said to me, like the videographer from her wedding said to me, your mother, she gives people hope, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what she does, and you know, and she's always, always, I feel like her prayers are so strong. Whenever she's like, what can I do for you? How can I help you? I'm like, just pray because God answers your prayers, mommy. And I feel like I learned the optimism and the positivity and the, and the perseverance and sort of like those survival skills Mm -hmm. and the idea of prayer from her Mm -hmm. and from my grandmother.
0: Wow. That's amazing. She's, she lives in Israel now? Yes, she made Aliyah less than a year
2: ago, um, and um, she's divorced from my father eighteen years. And I prayed for her eighteen years not to be alone and to be married and to be. And she met somebody here; they got married about six months ago.
0: Yeah! Wow! What such what a beautiful story! Uh, wow! It's how, how wonderful for your children to have their grandmother now close. It's amazing. Yes. Jamie favorite food I have to ask you are you a sweet person savory do you have a sweet tooth like what's your favorite
2: like a terrible sweet tooth (laughs)
0: like me (laughs) like it should be illegal you don't
2: look like you have a sweet tooth yeah I I don't it should be illegal it's terrible that's something I'm I know. I meant
0: like I'm the opposite I don't have a sweet tooth you do you said that you do Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, you don't no, look like you have uh, one. Yeah, no, I, and I don't. I actually don't. Like I, I could have a and gorgeous looking cake in front of me. It, it doesn't even attract me. Like I won't go for it. I, it's not. I like am saying. saying you look like, like that yeah. totally. Awesome. Steak and then we're talking. Like put steak in front of me. That's my thing. Steak and red wine. You know. So what's your thing?
2: Dessert, 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 right. dessert. But you're not a baker. Right, isn't that the craziest thing? Not at all. I feel like, what would I do if I was? But every time I meet a baker, they're usually thin, so I'm thinking maybe I should be a baker. Like, you know, what should I do here? But, um, I love anything sweet. Anything, and everything. Cakes, cookies, chocolates, fondues, gooey, ooey, fried, baked. You know, like anything. That is
0: funny. I cannot, cannot relate. All right, Jamie, let's wrap it up with the JLP fill in the blanks. And all my guests do this. This is the part of the show where I give you an open ended sentence and you finish it with the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Oh my gosh. Okay. You ready? I think you're going to do great at this. So let's give it a shot. I'm Jamie Geller and I feel most spiritual when. I'm at the Kotel in Yerushalayim. Mm, you're so lucky. I just had Miriam Ballin on the show. She also lives in New Jerusalem. And, and she told me that she has made it an intentional, be, being intentional about actually visiting the hotel and these holy places. Because she realized, you know what, we moved here for a reason. And then we live our lives and we forget to go. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, we try to get there at least once a month. That's the goal. Beautiful, beautiful. My favorite mitzvah, or one I feel most connected with, is.
2: Tehillim, Davening. Tehillim, it's not the mitzvah.
0: Well, yeah, Tehillim, Davening. Beautiful. Okay.
1: Very good.
0: My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is. My grandparents'
2: house, and they're cooking on the holidays.
0: Oh, beautiful. Um, and you grew up in the Northeast, no, in the United States?
2: Yeah, in Philadelphia, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your, your, your grandmother was big into the kitchen? Yeah,
2: my grandparents were amazing. My grandfather was actually a trained chef, and my oh, grandmother yes, was.
0: You have that cool the- recipe with a pastrami inside, right? Well, uh, the pastrami recipe, yes. <laughs> I make it all the time. That's from your grandfather, no? Oh,
2: that one's from my husband, but uh, close. Yeah, the, the potato latkes are from my grandfather, and I have um, chicken soup from my grandfather, and I have a Hungarian double short that we don't have lots of other ones, also. But that one was from my hubby.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is.
2: That the women are not oppressed.
0: <laughs> mm, that's a good one. Thank you for saying that. I love it. <laughs> when I give tzedakah, I like to give to?
2: Oh. Hatsala?
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Again, Miriam Ballin, who's on the show, she's Hatsala's Wonder Woman. She's um, she's an amazing medic at Hatsala. That's so cool. I uh, mean, I should connect you <laughs> to Um, finally I'm Jamie Geller and today I'm most grateful for
2: my children and my family that we live here together in health and happiness in Israel
0: beautiful thank you Jamie so much did you have fun this is the best interview I've ever
2: had. I feel like, can we do it again?
0: Yeah, we can. We sure can. I can't wait till a couple of months, and you come back and tell me everything that you're up to at jamiegeller.com. And I had a great time, and that's a huge compliment. Thank you for saying that.
2: Yeah, um, right. It was really amazing that this is like my second, inter- my third interview this week. And this is like the best, not just this week, but like the best, Thank period. You. Thank and, you. Can, so, can I go
0: back and, and redo one of the answers to the questions? Yes. Wait. Is that
2: a or am I breaking like a JLP rule?
0: No, no, absolutely not. Let's do it. Which, which question? The Tzedakah one. Okay. When I give Tzedakah, I like to give to?
2: Torah Learning to support full-time Torah learners. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's really what I do like, because I know ne- when you said tzadik, I'm thinking of like putting something in a box, and we have that little Hatsala box, so that was like the first thing that came to mind. Okay. But I, but when you think about really greater tzadik, and where I would put my funds, and what is most important, versus like you know, a coin that we're putting into a tzadik box, and it's it's really to support whole L families and full-time tower learners that's, and big, big companies coming. That's
0: really amazing that you're connected to that, especially because you didn't grow up necessarily in that environment. So that's all the more special. No, thank you. Everybody. The website is jamiegeller.com and to sign up for awesome meal plans, delicious, nutritious, and kid friendly, go to freshfamilies.us. And Jamie, you have a special offer for JLP listeners, don't you? special because you're amazing and your listeners
2: are amazing and we just want to shower you with gifts so we're giving you a special five dollar off we're giving you a special five dollars off our three-month plan with code jlp this way you can get into it and get into a group and fall in love with the plan on the three-month version
0: I love it. So everybody, if you said that 2018 was going to be the year you're going to really get organized with your meals and deliver fresh, delicious, nutritious foods for your family, this is a great way to get started. So $5 off the three-month plan with code JLP at checkout on freshfamilies.us. Thank you, Jamie. I'm so for you, Yael. You said that much better than me. Oh, well, you know what? We should team up. There you go. <laughs> Toast the princess. Yeah, we're all about the royalty. Totally. Definitely. This is a shit up, I'm telling you. <laughs> Jamie, thank you so much. This was so fun. Oh, the best. I want to do it more. I love it. Well, I'll have you back. That's for sure. Great. And I
2: want to meet you in person. This is like this is fabulous and it's virtual, but you got to come to Israel. I have to make it to you somehow.
0: We have to. We have to get together. We have to make it happen. Thanks again to Jamie Geller for stopping by. Her website full of amazing recipes and more is jamiegeller.com. And of course, you could order her books on Amazon. And don't forget to check out freshfamilies.us. I know you will love it. Who doesn't want healthier meals? planned and laid out for us so we can put them on the table for our families making sure they're eating healthier foods and loving them claim your five dollars off on the three-month plan at freshfamilies.us with the code jlp at checkout all of this and more back at jewishlatinprincess.com and jamie and i talked about making shabbat and addressing the overwhelm that one might associate with this which brings me to my shabbat guide how to honor the shabbat queen like a princess have you downloaded it it walks you through my steps to making those beautiful Shabbat meals that you've seen at your friends' and family's homes much more manageable. I give you my tips. Go ahead and download it. It's free at Princess.com forward slash Shabbat guide. Looking forward
1: to next time. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love.